I'm Daniel Britt, and with me today is the president of Every Tribe Entertainment, producer and co-writer of the film End of the Spear. It's Bill Ewing. Bill was the senior vice president of production and administration for Columbia Pictures, producing blockbusters such as A League of Their Own, Air Force One, The Men in Black Movie, Stuart Little, The Patriots, Spider-Man, and the list goes on. Bill, those are some big-name films. What led you to such success there? Well, I was very fortunate. I was um, I started at Columbia Pictures back in 1987 and was fortunate enough to be with the studio uh, through several different uh, administration changes as well as corporate changes, um, the last one of which was Sony purchasing the company. And um, I had a 15-year tenure, and during that time, I was just very blessed to work on several great movies. Uh, you you said 15 years there at Columbia yeah. or Sony? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, why did you feel the need to leave Columbia behind and, and begin this new uh, this new wing, Every Tribe Entertainment? Well, um, it was it was a uh, it was a calling by God that you know my time that it was time for for something new and basically I I spoke to my accountability partners and said you know I need you to pray about this as well to make sure that it's not something that I'm just doing and you know that it's truly uh, you know something God is calling and. And so I worked, um, you know, I worked through the end of 2001, and actually when I left the studio, there was nothing firm. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing. Um, but I had met um, the Mark Green and Jim Hainan, the, the other producer and writer of this movie, and Tom Newman, one of the other producers. And so I was kind of helping advise them, but I didn't know for sure that I was being called to be part of this project until... Uh, gosh, I guess it was probably April of 2002, and uh, then in May I came on board full time, and we moved ahead from there. And you've produced some. Uh, what are some of the films that every uh, that every tribe has uh, has produced? Well, our first project was a feature length documentary based on this same story. It's uh, titled Beyond the Gates of Splendor, and that film is uh, available on DVD through Fox Home Video. And it's the telling of the story from the people who actually lived the story. And End of the Spear is our first theatrical feature film based on this same story. However, End of the Spear is different in that it tells the story from the tribe's perspective. Okay, I got you. Expound on that some. Tell us more. Give us more of a preview of what this movie specifically is about. Well, this movie is is an adventure into the jungles of, of the Ecuadorian Amazon. And the Wadani tribe were studied by anthropologists for uh, five generations and had been labeled the most violent culture on the planet. They had a 60% mortality rate due to homicide. So they not only killed outsiders who would wander into their territory, but they would kill each other. It was their killing was their form of conflict resolution. Gotcha. And so when Mark Green, who is uh, as I say, he was the he's the person that originally got the call that this was going to be a movie. Also got the call that we were going to tell it from the tribe's perspective, and um, so it's a very unique telling of the story. Uh, there are only four North American actors who portray Wadani warriors. The rest of the Wadani tribe is portrayed by an indigenous tribe called the Embra Indians of Panama. And they are absolutely incredible in the film. So there's a there's a real authenticity to the movie. Oh man, it sounds like it. Where, where was this filmed? We filmed the feature film in Panama. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Uh, 
how did this film, uh, I mean, uh, you, you've you thrown out some pretty big names, it's like, like with the uh, the previous film that made it to DVD, Fox Home Video. How do you get these these big-name companies involved? Um, is it because of your past experience with Columbia, with Sony? Well, no, actually, I, I know it would seem that it would be that way, but it actually isn't. Um, basically, what we did, we put together a presentation and we took it to a number of different uh, a number of different studios, and and Fox Home Entertainment uh, are the ones that said, "Wow, this is really a remarkable story, and we'd like to to partner with you." And so, uh, you know, we sent it out to several, uh, including Sony. We uh, we sent it out to several, but uh, Fox Home Entertainment, um, they, they were very impacted by the story, and so we formed that alliance with them. End of the Spear uh, releases January 20th, is that right? That's correct. And uh, and it's going to be in many theaters. Uh, tie it together for us. For the person who, who, uh, who may recognize these names, may not know the whole story, explain to us how this movie is going to tell the story. Uh, we know names like... Elizabeth Elliot, Jim Elliot, we know the Saints, Nate Saint, and yes. uh, and it's Steve Saint. Tell us how these names, uh, how they're related to this film and this story. Well, of course, those are the, the families of the missionaries who were called to go down to Ecuador. And then once they were down in Ecuador, the, the men were called to reach the Wadani tribe who were uh, basically on the verge of extinction. Um, they were down to less than 500 members in their tribe because their homicide rate was so high. And um, th- those characters are in the film, but they are support characters in the film. They are not the major characters because um, what what we felt that God was calling us to tell was to show the actual transformation that took place in the lives of the people in the tribe and how they went from a tribe of basically killers killing each other to a peaceful tribe. And it was something that was only possible by the sacrifice that was made by the men and the women. And now today there are actually, there have been Waldani martyrs who have taken the the gospel to other downrivers people. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's also their story now in terms of living their faith. I understand you live in uh, you live in Los Angeles these days. Yes, and I do. That's right there in the movie capital. Uh, yes. What what's it like being a Christian making Christian films, but living in Hollywood, which much much of the rest of the country, especially the Christians in the rest of the country, sometimes look at Hollywood as being oh this oh so sinful place. Um, well, it's a, you know what, what we've tried to do with this film uh, is is make a, a film for broad for a broad audience, Daniel. We're, we're you know, we know that we're competing with uh, King Kong and Narnia and, you know, every film that's out there. And so our calling is to make a film for the broad audience. And at the same time, we're called to show God's biblical truth in action. That's what we are called to do, which, which the tagline for our company is truth beyond imagination. This is a, I believe this to be an unprecedented time in the history of Hollywood where heads of major studios are searching for what's happening within an industry where the audience is, has, is going away from the theaters and what will bring people back to, to the theaters. What are the types of stories? We, we had a, a summer that was completely unexpected in terms of this industry where everybody was projecting very big numbers on 
all these huge movies that were mm-hmm. made, and it, it didn't turn out that way. I mean, the box office is down. The gross business overall is down. So everyone's searching for what do people want to see, and if we support movies that communicate God's truth, then I guarantee you heads of studios at Hollywood, as they were impacted by the passion and as they are being impacted by Narnia, are going to look at those type of stories because they relate to the fact that there is an audience out there for them, and we will supply that audience. Boy, really jumping into pop culture big time there. That's that is so good, and I I understand what you're saying about the uh, the movies over this past year, and and uh, even most recently with the Narnia type movie. I mean, uh, I mean they just draw audiences everywhere, and and no longer is the church just sitting over in the corner by itself and letting the church be the church and let the movies be the movies. We really can merge together and and not only provide quality entertainment but ministry as well. Absolutely, that's, that's so cool. Now, um. Now, obviously, you have dealt with some pretty big movies, and and quality is uh, uh, is is paramount when you talk about uh, all those films that I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Um, why why do we, and this is kind of a rhetorical question, maybe, but why do we need quality Christian films today? Why why is it that Christians typically produce bad films? Got any ideas on that? Well, I don't like to you know I, I don't like to criticize. I th- I think one of the things that happens. As believers, we want to emphasize the principle and not the people. And, you know, this, this was something that, that when I was recently doing a, a press interview in Hawaii and I met a pastor by the name of Waxer Tipton and, and it was basically Waxer said to me, you know, my problem with so many Christian films is that they're not about people. They just keep hammering me with the principle of things. And I relate to people. If you tell me a story about people, the principles will come through. Don't tell me a story about principles and the people are in the background. Mm-hmm. Tell me a story about people. Let me relate to the people in the story. That's what Jesus did. He told us stories about people. And in telling the stories about the people, the principle came through. And and I just think, you know, that's what we need to, to be about. Well, first of all, we're a film. We're not a church. We're a film company. Mm-hmm. So our first obligation is to entertain people. That's why people are paying their money. They're paying their money to be entertained first and foremost. And if we don't do that in a, in a, just an excellent manner, then we're taking their money falsely. But if we, if we entertain them well, then they will open up their minds and they'll let us educate them. And if we entertain them and educate them well, they will open up their hearts and they will become enlightened. So that's kind of what, you know, that's kind of what we look at in terms of our obligation to the audience. Because at the end of the day, the audience is our employer. That's who, that's who we are out to please and to, to take our, our message to is the audience. And if we do it well, they'll let us know because they have the, they have the opportunity to vote with their dollars at the box office. I'm so, I'm so thrilled to have uh, to, to have your knowledge behind all of this and, and explain some of this. My guest today is Bill Ewing. He's the uh, the producer and co-writer of the film End of the Sphere, coming to theaters on the 20th of January. He's the president of the of the company that produced the film, Every Tribe Entertainment. And and Bill, I'm by no means an expert uh, with with all things film or all things movie, but in my mind, and you can correct me. Uh, 
the way a film starts, you start with a great story, then you maybe move to the production aspects, uh, getting the actors, you actually produce the film, and then one of the final steps, especially for a theatrical release, will be to get the film into theaters, obviously, and to get it before audiences. Uh, and I seem to remember back when Mel Gibson was doing The Passion, even with even with such a name as Mel Gibson and uh, and and with all that he put into that film, for a time there it seemed like uh, from reports that he was having trouble finding distributors. How have you been able to get such great distribution into theaters around the country? Well, um, you know we're not we're not there yet, Daniel. But it's it, we a lot of prayer has gone into this entire project right from the very beginning, from the development of the idea that this was going to be a movie and. Right through to today, for, for over the last five-year period, there have been there is someone in the world praying and fasting for this this project. Now praying and fasting for its release into theaters, and that that God's plan will go forth with it. Um, we we partnered with um, an independent distributor, Rocky Mountain Pictures. Randy Slaughter and um, Ron Rogers, they saw the picture, they were impacted by the story, and they said, we, you know, we want to come alongside you and help you, you know, get this out. And it's basically, I can tell you, Daniel, it's because people have been calling and saying, you know, we've previewed the, the movie around the country in preview screenings, so leaders and pastors and, and ministry leaders could see what the film is before they had to, you know, go out on a limb and endorse it. So they knew what they were endorsing. But it's been through that screening process that people have been calling saying, hey, we want to support this movie. We want to buy out um, showtimes. We want this movie and, you know, for, for our city. And uh, I think that's kind of been the, the greatest motivating force to the exhibitors. And I know in in the Atlanta area there are several many theaters all the way even down towards the uh, the Macon Georgia area that are showing uh, uh, showing that they are carrying the film. Uh, what's the website where we can where we can find out specifically where to go see the movie? It's www.endofthespear one word endofthespear.com. And uh, a final question: What would you say to the person who is skeptical about seeing a movie with such a strong emphasis on faith, or or ha- how would you describe this movie as being uh, as being different, something that's going to jump out and, and really uh, really catch our attention? I think this. I, I wouldn't worry about the 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 element of faith because the movie it, being told from the tribe's perspective really focuses much of the movie on on how these people were living. And and it focuses on the transformation of these people, and and so you become involved basically with the people, and not you know there's 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 no agenda other than to truthfully convey the story, the way the tribe has explained the story to us, and so I think um, you know that's that's the most compelling. Uh, element of the film and you basically go on to this journey into a different culture a stone age culture into a different environment a jungle environment uh it's kind of like survivor but for real Hmm. and um that's what i think is the probably the most compelling element of the story well we'll look forward to the release january 20th uh end of the spear uh, coming to theaters uh, around the country. Check the website uh, for more information and for the theater nearest you, endofthespear.com. Uh, Bill, what's what's next on Down the Line for Every Tribe? 
Um, well, we have uh, we we basically last spring shot our next documentary, which is uh, titled Open Secrets, and Open Secrets deals with the AIDS crisis in Africa, primarily in Swaziland and Uganda, and uh, and we're in the process of developing a feature film, hopefully, which we'll have ready for release um, in the late part of next year, '07, um, and that's you know that's our plan right now. Well, great. Keep up the great work there uh, with what you're doing, and I can't wait to see the film. Bill Ewing here on 90.7 New Life FM. Bill, let's do this again sometime. That would be great. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you for all your support. Thank you, and take care. Okay.